Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you again on a Thursday morning as we prepare once again for the Tennessee Titans. The difference this time, it's not a four, it's a seven. It's not week four, it's week seven. So unfortunately, the week four matchup didn't happen, but now the week seven matchup is is all primed and ready to go. So things are different. Things are definitely different with these two teams. But before we dive into that too much, we're going to get into some of our good stat geeky stuff. We're going to look at the game against the Browns for a little bit. I didn't do this last week because I frankly, I just flat up forgot about it. I've got another question to, to answer um, from from a friend of the show. And then we'll dive into what's going on here with the with the Tennessee Titans this week. But um, my goodness, how fantastic did that feel coming off of that win against the Cleveland Browns? Because it wasn't just a win. This was what Steelers fans were kind of griping and complaining about at times throughout the 2020 season. Well, the Steelers are, are winning, but they're not really winning all that convincingly and everything else. You know what? A win is a win is a win. So the question was, could the Steelers win convincingly? And the answer here was yes. By far, by the numbers, the best team they had faced so far in 2020. If you look strictly at win-loss record. Even after the Steelers defeated the Browns, the Browns are 4-2. and two. They're the only team that the Steelers have played so far that is still over 500. So not only that, that was supposed to be the best team they played, and man, oh man, what a beatdown. That was a fantastic beatdown. I mean, that game, it was one of those times where you could just sit back and have a relaxing Sunday afternoon as the Steelers just kind of took it to the mistake by the lake. So to me, that this was the, the important game. This one that they just had, shockingly, is more important than the game coming up. And you're probably saying, whoa, 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 Dave, what are you talking about? They're, they're taking on the undefeated Titans. How, how could this one be more important? Here's why. The Steelers are 1-0 in the AFC North. If the Steelers, let's say the Steelers would not have been victorious on Sunday, which I was kind of nervous about because I, I said it on the Scobro show. The, the Browns, I didn't, I was expecting the Steelers to trounce the Browns both games last year. And that we all know what happened in that first game. The Steelers came out, looked terrible. They weren't ready um, with the, with their young quarterback for on, on short rest to play on a Thursday night on the road. So I kind of took that one for granted. I should have known those numbers a little bit better. I was looking more from a coaching standpoint than I was from a quarterback preparation standpoint. So that was just ugly. So that was all that's always been in my mind or that, that ugliness. I'm like, I don't want the Steelers to come out ugly against the Browns. Oh, they didn't. They came out like they normally come out against the Browns. But if the Steelers would have fallen to the Browns, they both would have been, well, the Steelers would have been four and one, but the Browns would have been five and one, which would have put them into first place in the North. Um, and then the Steelers were basically fighting that half game that they'd be behind all season because they don't meet again until week 17. And by that time, you're hoping that, that uh, the, the season series and, and uh, the division the record, all that stuff is, you're hoping that's all out the window by that 
point. So because the other matchup was so, so, so late in the season, you kind of wanted, you kind of needed this one. And it was at home. If you didn't take care of business at home, then what kind of confidence is it when you go on the road? That's the kind of the difference between the, the big matchup coming up in a couple of weeks with Baltimore. I, I, I said that dirty city. I just, I hate saying the name of that city and despise every time I have to go there since I don't live all that far from there. And the problem with that, with, with, with why well, it's a little bit different there is because then the, the Steelers are going to be going on the road for that matchup. So if you're going to split with a team, which is, you know, if, if you split with a high quality team in your own division, it is what it is. But a lot of times with that split, you, you're going to need to win your home game. So the Steelers, they get to go into Baltimore a couple weeks, you know, kind of with, you know, playing with house money, if you think of it a little bit, because if you beat Baltimore in Baltimore, right there, that already gives you a huge advantage. To me, the pressure is more on them. So, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I digress. That's next week's show, and I can't wait for that one. But this was a really important game for the Steelers to make sure you come out and take care of business there. As I said, they were going up against the number one, number one rushing offense in the NFL. You know, not the leading rusher. That's coming up this week. But they were going up against the number one rushing offense. And it wasn't even close. So much so that even though the Steelers held the Browns to 75 rushing yards, the Browns are still the number one rushing team in the NFL. Still. So the team they just defeated and held under 100 yards is still the number one rushing team in the NFL, more than the team that they're about ready to face, which everyone wants to talk so much about their rushing attack. So it's it was a big game. That It was a statement game. Now there's some differences coming up. The, 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 uh, the Titans have lost Taylor Lewan for the season. He probably wasn't going to play in week four. That was a big question mark. Uh, I know they get the one receiver back. Brown is coming back that they wouldn't have had, probably wouldn't have had a week four. But the Steelers lose Devin Bush. That's a big loss. We don't know as fans how it's definitely going to look going forward. Roberts Blaine filled in fantastically against the Browns in a game that was already, they were already up 24 to nothing. So, and the team wasn't trying to exploit him as much because they weren't really prepared to do that. So we'll see how that goes going forward. If you know teams start to get film, maybe see that they think there could be a weakness there, and and we'll see how that turns out. But when you come out and you win a game by thirty-one points, that's something. Not only that, <laughs> isn't it crazy that the Steelers won the game by thirty-one points and did not have three hundred yards of offense? That's insane that they didn't reach 30, I mean, they did reach 300 yards and went over 30 points. We will actually talk about that um, a little bit um, tonight, I guess I should say, if you're listening live, um, on on the Steelers preview, because uh, Jeffrey Bennett hooked me up with some very interesting information um, about that. So, but here's the other thing you got to remember with the Steelers so far. They came out, they had that beat down, of a team that you had really been looking for. I'd been looking for. I thought they were going to get it the week before. They got it offensively. They just didn't come through defensively. This week, Minka Fitzpatrick, pick six, less than six minutes into the game, game over. You know, just set the tone. 
The Steelers knew what they were doing. They kind of had Baker Mayfield's number, and it was all done. I did not want to see Case Keenum come into that game because, frankly, I think Case Keenum could do more against the Steelers than Baker Mayfield. But that's just me. Um, doesn't really matter. 38-7. to seven. But you got to realize this with the Steelers. Do you realize that for people being upset that the Steelers aren't winning more decisively, they've played five games this season. They've been favored in all five games. And they've covered the point spread in four of them. Okay. So they've covered the point spread in four out of their five games. The only game they did not cover the point spread was a game that was a very large point spread against the Denver Broncos. I, I can't remember if the if the end line was seven or seven and a half, but it was right around there. And the Steelers won by five. But not only did the Steelers win by five. They took a knee on the six-yard line to end the game. I mean, that's – if covering the spread was important, the Steelers could have kicked the field goal to, to have done that. They could have rushed in for a touchdown to do that, probably fairly easy. But two different games the Steelers have taken a knee inside the red zone to end the game. Victory formation is great. So you can't really complain that they weren't winning by more when they had the opportunity to, but wouldn't you much rather make sure the team's winning the game rather than trying to run up the score? I know that's the way it works. So to me, that's another one of those, if, if you're a betting person, yeah, they didn't cover the, cover the spread, but it's only because they were already winning the game. That's the only reason why. So the Steelers have been taking care of business in that aspect, which has been extremely nice. So these these games and these margin margin of victories are much better than than what people realize. 10 points. 5 points but taking a knee in the red zone. 7 points. 9 points. 31 points. Those are all good victories for the Steelers. So that's some interesting stuff. I had something else I was going to say there, but now all of a sudden it eludes me. Who knows? Maybe it'll come back to me. Um, but the Steelers do have some crazy numbers with it. They've, they're they're up to the 62 straight games with a sack. Uh, they only got four sacks this past week against the Browns. And it's their second lowest total of the season because they had three against the Giants, which, which is funny because the Giants is one that we thought maybe they could really go after them. But they... The Giants did all they could to make sure the Steelers couldn't get home. The Steelers left someone on, on the table. Cam Hayward was vocal on social media saying how disappointed he was knowing that sacks were left on the field. They could have had a couple more. But you got to the end of the game, and normally you think a team's down. They got to they gotta pass the ball. They got to pass the ball. You're going to be able to just go get sacks. When you're down that much, it's done. They were, I mean, they were run, still running the ball more than passing it at the end. And honestly, uh, that's where, where the Browns got over a third of their yards was in the last two drives of the game when it was so out of hand that that uh, it wasn't even the regulars in there for both teams. I think Mason Rudolph had already come into the game or was about to come into the game for the Steelers uh, when when the more the yards were surrendered. But holy moly, you have the best rushing offense in the NFL, supposedly. Yes, they were missing Nick Chubb. They were, but there's not supposedly not that much of a drop-off with Kareem Hunt. Yes, they were missing their, their starting right guard, but they had everyone else there, and you still got to play with the guys you have out there. You can make excuses all you want. Bottom line is you got to show up to play, and the Steelers 
showed up to play. But when you're talking about a team that's leading the league in rushing and you're going into it and there are three different times that a team is going for it on fourth down. And I really wanted to get exactly what those yards were um, because I'm pretty sure they were all fourth and one, but I'm, I'm still trying. I'm actually still trying to find that. Um, that, that here's the first one was, was on a fourth and one and they rushed for negative one yards. So um, then there was another fourth down that was actually it went they they went for it it was fourth and two they went for it on a pass incomplete um and i really wish i could find the other one and i can't right off the top of my head so i know that there was three that they stopped them three times um on fourth down and it's just crazy that they that they were fourth and short every time and the steelers took care of business it was some really fantastic stand up play by the defense so before we roll into the break and get into the Titans information, I do want to answer this one question that was brought up by none other than uh, former BTSC podcaster Lance Williams reached out to me again because he likes to ask, ask stat geek questions. And his stat geek question was, uh, what's the Steelers record when James Conner goes over 100 yards? Okay. That wasn't a big deal. So I figured that out. James Conner in his career for the Pittsburgh Steelers have, has rushed for over 100 yards nine times. Nine times. Yeah. Um, with the, the least of those was this past week because he had 101 yards, and that's when the Steelers, as soon as they did that, he hit 20 carries. Boom, he was done. You know, they've been doing a really good job of not having a running back go over go over 20 carries. That was the most that that anyone's had for the Steelers so far this season. But in the nine games where the Pittsburgh where James Connors rushed for over 100 yards with the Pittsburgh Steelers, their record is 8-0-1. So they've never lost a game. Never lost a game in which James Connor has gone over 100 yards. And the only one is, of course, that infamous tie in week one of the 2018 season, which we don't really want to talk about that. But the other thing that's interesting is every time James Conner has gone over 100 yards out of those nine games, eight of them, he's also scored a touchdown. The only game in which he did not score a touchdown and went over 100 yards was in 2018. It was week nine. It was in Baltimore. The Steelers won 23 to 16, and James Conner did not have a touchdown. But here's the thing that's kind of crazy about James Conner. The lowest, I just said, not not the lowest, the most rushing yards James Conner has ever had in a loss is 60 yards. And that was the infamous week 13 game in Pittsburgh against the LA Chargers, that 33 to 30 uh, defeat. That's the infamous John Bostic on Keenan Allen game. Uh, James Conner had two touchdowns and he had 60 yards. And that was, that's the most yards that he's had for the Steelers in a loss. So cause and effect, you also got to remember James Conner. A lot of times the Steelers are winning because he's rushing for a hundred yards. Um, you know, because that's the way that the that the situation plays out. They're the more they can run the ball, the more they they're open to do other things. 
Um, and so if you hit that mark, and believe it or not, James Conner has never finished an NFL game. He has never finished an NFL game with more than 65 yards that wasn't in triple digits. Okay, I probably just blew your mind with that one. You're like, what do you mean by that? Okay, after, if you look at a list of James Conner's uh, games and how, and his rushing yards, you got the top nine all over 100. Game number 10 is 65. So anytime James Conner has gone over 65, he's gone all the way up to over 100. He has no rushing, he has no games of rushing yards in the 70s, 80s, or 90s. Um, unfortunately, you know, he does have uh, a couple games down there in the single digits, but a lot of those were back um, into a couple of those were back in 2017 when he was a rookie or like week one of this season when he didn't have very many carries. Um, actually, the, the week one of this season when he had six carries for nine yards, that's the most carries he's ever had um, in a game where he had less than 15 yards. So it's just kind of indicative of, of how the game goes for the Steelers. If they can get the, get the ball going with James Conner, um, they're generally victorious. So that's the answer to that question. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to break down what's going on with this matchup with the Tennessee Titans, mainly from a standpoint of how much has it changed in the last three weeks. Whenever I did the Stat Geek podcast three weeks ago, that was right whenever the Steelers were just getting ready to take on the Titans. And then we found out later that day that that game was postponed that how much has changed in the stuff that was looked at then versus what it's looked at looking looked at going in to week seven now. So we'll talk about that right after this break. And we are back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. We are continuing on with the Steelers Stat Geek. I am the official Stat Geek of Behind the Steel Curtain. Uh, I I used to have that as my signature back when they had signatures with their comments. Let's not get into that issue going on right now. But uh, now I guess my official title is co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And coming at you now, we talked about what happened with the Steelers this past week. We talked about the great win over the Browns. But now... You've got this Titans game coming up. And boy, this is a big one. This is a big one. I talked about how the Browns game was more important. Obviously, if, if you're going to put games in order of importance, it goes division games, conference games, non-conference games. That's the overall trend. Also, within that, you're looking at home games versus away games. When you look at a season. A lot of times teams are like, wow, if we can go undefeated at home and 500 on the road, that's a great season. That's 12 and four. So it, it's one of those things that teams automatically assume that they're going to have a better winning percentage at home. Now, 2020, completely different. Not as many fans in the stadium. Teams still have to travel. So there's still that aspect of it, but it's just, it's not quite the same, but still, Whenever we looked at, when I say we, I'm talking about, you know, Steelers fans, those of, those of us covering the Steelers, everything. 
uh, of that nature. I'm sure you all, if you're listening to this, you might've done this as well. When that schedule came out in May and you're going through and you're looking, you're looking at the games. I had this game against Tennessee chalked up as the Steelers first loss. No, it was in week four. So I had them going three and one in the first quarter. And then I had them turning around and winning, winning, uh, two straight games. But with, um, who are the two teams the Steelers just played? <laughs> the Eagles and the Browns winning those games, then going into Baltimore um, with only one loss. Now, everything's changed. The Baltimore game has now shifted back a week. The Steelers are taking on the Titans now, and they are 5-0. and So in my mind, this was one of those games that I already had chalked up preseason as a loss. That doesn't mean I'm expecting the Steelers to lose this game. I'm just saying it's not as damaging as it, as other games would have been. This would be the most respectable loss the Steelers could have. But what's even better is it could be their most signature win. So let's see how this is all going to go down. What I did three weeks ago was I broke down. If you listen to it, fantastic. If you didn't, I understand because it ran. And then a few hours later, we found out the Steelers weren't playing the Titans. So to listen to the whole breakdown was probably disheartening. I didn't even go back and and listen to it again, just because I was like, I don't want to hear about everything about this game. It's now not going to happen. I was mad. I was upset. But the bottom line of that podcast was how how the script was flipped. I thought the Steelers were going to have a problem with the Tennessee Titans before the season started because of the Titans' fantastic run game and the Steelers' run defense being their weakness. Boy, that didn't that had completely changed. The rushing attack of the Tennessee Titans after three games was just mediocre. It was 13th in the league. Uh, the um, the yards per attempt were was towards the bottom. It was 27th. Um, well, the Steelers were tops in the league in rush defense. So I'm like, that's not the matchup I thought was, you know, the th- what I thought was going to be a problem. Now isn't nearly as much as a problem. Now that's a strength on strength thing. But the thing that I thought was crazy was the Steelers' rushing attack versus Tennessee's rushing defense was going to be more of a problem because they were – Absolutely terrible. 29th in the league in rushing and dead last in yards per attempt. This was going into week three. So that was what we talked about that. Just to give you a little bit of a recap. And the reason I want to recap that is we're going to revisit this. We're going to see what's changed over the last two weeks. Because these two games, these two teams have each played two games. And now to look at those two games, you have basically each team has a nice win over a team with a good record. And then each team has a win over a team with not so nice of a record. So that was, that is what it is. And the Steelers defeated the now four and two Cleveland Browns while the Titans defeated the now four and two Buffalo bills. They were undefeated when they, when they played them, they beat them. And then, of course, uh, Kansas City uh, beat them on Monday. So that's kind of equal there. Then you had the you you have the 
Titans in overtime, beating the Houston Texans. Maybe I should say the one in five Houston Texans, who was also a team that the Steelers defeated before they were supposed to play the Titans. And the Steelers' other win is against the Eagles, the one four and one Philadelphia Eagles, who shockingly enough was only a half game out of their division lead. So they they kind of both dealt with the same kind of thing. But what's crazy is the Titans numbers exploded based on, based on this past week where they played the Texans Um, both, you know, exploded in a bad way for their defense in a good way for their offense, made them shoot up the board with those kind of things. The Steelers, not so much because they handed the Browns uh, that, that defeat so soundly that the Steelers didn't really run up any kind of stats. I mean, James Conner went over a hundred yards. That was it. But they had less than 300 yards of offense. Ben Roethlisberger threw for 162 yards. That is all because they didn't need any more. So it kind of changed things a little bit. So let's let's look at this narrative again. Okay, if you look at the Tennessee Titans rushing offense, they have now jumped up from 13th to fifth in the NFL. That's what they've done. So with that, sorry, I had a little bit of a technical difficulty there. I wasn't sure if I was still recording or not, but sorry for that little bit of a pause, but we are back at it. So you have the Titans that increased where they are on their rushing offense, where the Steelers, they they hung, they moved up a little bit. They moved from 10th to 9th. So the Titans the, in rushing, now this is all adjusted based on the number of games. The Titans are fifth in the league in rushing averaging 157.8 yards per game, where the Steelers are ninth in the league at 136.8 yards per game. So that's pretty interesting. If you look at the yards per attempt, Tennessee went from 27th all the way up to ninth now. You know, a 94-yard touchdown can help with that, um, in case you're wondering. Um, where, where, Where Pittsburgh is a little bit fell off just a little bit from 11th to 14th in that aspect. So, um, the rushing game looks much better now for the Titans than it did a couple weeks ago. Now, when it comes to the passing, um, the Titans are almost exactly, well, they are exactly the same um, place placing wise. They're 11th in the league in passing where the Steelers uh, went from 17th down to 24th, mainly because of that, you know, 162 yards. It was really 168 because, you know, um, because Mason Rudolph had six yards in there as well. So that fell off, but that's that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you look at the team's QBR, okay, Tennessee was was not um, was not that terrible. They had the 10th best QBR in the league, where the Steelers had the 11th best QBR in the league, where now Tennessee's up to third and Pittsburgh's up to six. So both teams increased. When it, when it came to looking at their, their their quarterback play. Now, when you look at it defensively, though, the Titans, well, well, let's say the Steelers first. The Steelers went from the first-ranked rushing defense to the second-ranked rushing defense. Mainly the difference in that is the 74-yard touchdown they gave up. Um, if if not for that, the Steelers would be first. So that's that's one difference, but that's barely a difference. But the Titans, their rushing defense – um, they got slightly better. Um, when it comes to just flat up yards, they went from 29th to 27th. And from yards per attempt, they went from 32nd to 30th. So they are still giving up some of the 
some of the most rushing yards in the NFL. And when it comes to passing defense, the, the, the Steelers have improved. They went from the 12th best passing defense up to the seventh best passing defense in the uh, in the last two games, where the Titans actually got worse. They went from the 23rd to the 28th. And if and if you want to look at like at, at um opposing teams QBR, the Steelers actually got a little bit a, 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 well, no, that actually got better that they went from the seventh um seventh in the league in, in opponents QBRs all QBR all the way up to third, where Tennessee dropped from 15th to 21st. So as Tennessee's rushing defense got slightly better, their passing defense, not so much. But that's what's going to happen when you're in shootout in a shootout game where you're you have to score 40 to overcome a team scoring 30. So Tennessee's rushing attack has gotten a little bit better as you know, averaged out a little bit more, but the Steelers' rush defense hasn't changed all that much. Then you also have the Tennessee's pass defense, not not so much. This is one of those games where it's going to be that, kind of like last week, I still have confidence that Ben Roethlisberger can throw this team on his surgically repaired elbow and carry them to victory. He just hasn't had to. We'll see if this is a week that he's going to have to with, with, with this opponent. I don't know that he'll have to, but I do feel that he can. So, so that's really nice. But if you're also looking at some of these other stats, I, I really like to look at sacks and takeaways because this is something that, that is pretty important going into the game. You know, the Steelers are first in the NFL in sacks. They have more sacks than teams that have played an extra game. They've got 24. Uh, Tennessee, not so much. They're 27th. They only have seven sacks on the season. So the Steelers actually have more than three times as many sacks as, as what the Titans defense does. So that's encouraging. But if you talk about takeaways, they both have the same amount. Both, both defenses have taken the ball away nine times. So then you turn around and you look about how about what you're surrendering. Okay. The Steelers have only surrendered eight sacks on the season, which is tied for eighth in the NFL. When you adjust it for the number of games, the Tennessee Titans have only surrendered six, which is the fewest in the NFL. Technically, they're fourth when you adjust it, but it's tied for the fewest because the other some other teams that had the extra game um, were were right there. You know, they've only they've they've only been sacked six times this season, so that's going to be really interesting to watch uh, uh, this week. And they also don't turn the ball over. Pittsburgh's only turned the ball over four times on the season. Tennessee's only over, only turned it over three times. So we might be looking at a very clean game when it comes to turnovers. We might be looking at a game that it might be a little bit tougher for the Steelers to get home, but I don't think the tennis, the, the Tennessee Titans have faced quite the pass rush uh, that, that they're going to see in the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this is interesting. So the Titans got going a little bit more in the last couple of weeks, but you also have to admit, I don't know about you as a Steeler fan. You have to admit, Coming off of a 31, 31, 31 point win, meaning by 38 to seven over the Cleveland Browns makes you feel much better about this team than you probably did going into Tennessee a few weeks ago. But you also have to realize that Tennessee's also another quality opponent. They might be a little bit better than you thought they were going to be. Their, their wins early in the season weren't overly impressive, but this team has put up over 30 points, four out of their five games, and they would have been close in week one if they would have actually hit their field goals. Um, 
So it's going to be a real, real test for this defense. Last week was supposed to be a big test for this defense. They rose up to the occasion. They've got to do it two weeks in a row and not even a look ahead. They're going to have to do it again next week as well. But with that, we're going to call it a stat geek show coming at you here. Um, make sure you are checking out all of our content. If you're just stumbled onto this, just in as a random podcast, make sure you look for Behind the Steel Curtain on any format where you can find podcasts. We've got so much content coming for you. There is no reason for you to ever say, gee, I wish I had another podcast. Because frankly, I can't even keep up with all of our podcasts. We have so many of them coming out with some really good information. So make sure you're doing that. And make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It really is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure you are checking out the um, the other morning shows especially with Jeff's let's ride Monday, Wednesday, Friday, tomorrow, Friday, you got his game picks. Jeff, probably I'm, if I remember right, he might've had one of his better weeks that he's had in a while. I'm not exactly sure. Um, that might've been the week before. I can't remember. It's still not good. It's still not good. You should listen into that. So you know, who not to who not to pick if that's what you really wanting to do but uh really want to thank you all for tuning in and as always thanks for geeking out